Hello, everyone, and welcome to Picture the Scene podcast, hosted by me, Andrew. And me, Rachel. Please note that this is a true crime podcast, so listener caution is advised. So, Rachel, winter is most definitely drawing in. It's cold. It's dark at 5 p.m. now, and it's getting harder to get out of bed. Now, I've, So now I've fully loaded up the fun, ready for this question. How, how are you? How's the last two weeks been? Good, yeah. The weather's definitely taken a turn. Um, there are things in my garden that don't belong to me. They're definitely parts of the neighbor's garden. Um, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. The Christmas tree is up. I'm in full festive swing. Only good things happen in December. How about you? I like that attitude. Yeah, yeah. I'm, um, we're not decorating this year, but I, that makes you sound like a Scrooge. But um, yeah, we. I'm good. I'm good. Life is always good. You can't. You can't just drop in. We're not decorating this year without explaining why. Is that because? Oh, I can big explain why. Move? The problem is when I talk about my wife, she always tells me off. Issues <laughs> <laughs> of being not, not doesn't make it sound nice. But the like last year, like I love decorations, but I've never really been a Christmas person. I remember my mum telling me off because she used to have to wake me up on Christmas Day to open my presents because um, I didn't want to wow. go out of bed and my wife loves the decorations so I say to her like have what you want I'll help you if you need me to help you but it's your responsibility so she like loves putting them up and decorating but what she doesn't love is taking them down and last uh. year she didn't take she didn't end up taking them down to about February and then the lights didn't come off the window until March and um, we're supposed to be moving house next year at the start of next year so we decided it's probably wise that we just don't put them up i mean that does make sense but i will just caveat that probably half the nation kept some christmas decks up having gone straight from christmas into probably the second or third lockdown last year um so i totally don't blame me on that front but i agree if you're moving in the new year it's one extra thing to do just make sure that you look like you christmas crapped all over your house next year just to make up for it okay oh i'm 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 sure we will i'm sure we'll have a choice in it so uh, <laughs> yeah it'll probably be like september we start doing it i imagine or something and sorry Nikki, nice to to this. um so <laughs> um right okay then so um before we we do get into um Actually, let me start again. Are you ready for some true crime, Rach? Absolutely. Great. So before we do get into some true crime, and I do feel I'm inadvertently turning this into a regular thing, but Adam from UK True Crime has just celebrated five years of podcasting. I listen to him regularly, and if you don't, give him a try. You might like him. He said in his latest pod, well, it was the latest at the time I was writing this, that his first episode got 19 listeners and now that same episode has over 400,000 listeners. So it, wow. it, it, it gives me a little hope for our tiny podcast, Rachel. Absolutely. Um, and it, it does make me smile. It does, however, make me smile that every week I'm telling people, people to go give someone a try when these pods get about a billion more listeners than we do. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's always a thought that counts, isn't it? Yeah, what goes around comes around. Exactly. And with that in mind, 
please do go subscribe and rate us if you like us that is wherever you can we'd be more than grateful uh we'd actually be more grateful than boris when he receives two free pepper pig world tickets um <laughs> for you non-british people out there don't google that um we can always we can, we can also be found that all the social medias we're at scene pod on twitter and instagram that's at s-e-e-n-e-p-o-d or you can find us on facebook facebook even by searching for picture the scene podcast now i was inspired by murder on my streets episode about mary johnson to look into some uk stuff for today so a shout out to murder on my street i loved your pod on your episode of Mary Johnson, and it made me want to go and find out about the UK equivalent here. So thank you. And I just want to add a caveat here. I usually Google to make sure the content has not been covered by a lot of other podcasts, but this time I haven't because I don't really care. The content matter jumped out at me, and so I wanted to talk about it. And I never heard. Gents, of... He's gone rogue. I have gone rogue. Yes, you're right. I, I never actually heard about this case before, so. If I haven't, I'm guessing other people haven't either. Get there, Rachel. So, if it's safe for you to do so, I'd like all of you listening to relax, to close your eyes and picture the scene. Today, we're going to take you back to the 28th of July, 1993. We're in Crouch End, which is in the borough of Harringay, which is in North London, and it forms part of Greater London, and it's roughly five miles from the city of London. On this particular day, I want to take you to 7.40 a.m. in the morning, approximately. It's about 20 degrees Celsius, which is 68 Fahrenheit, with no wind whatsoever. It's a really nice summer morning, with temperatures getting ready to go as high as 29 degrees Celsius, or 84 Fahrenheit, which is not too bad for the UK. It's a Wednesday morning, so while the kids will be sleeping and enjoying their school holidays, a lot of parents will be finishing getting ready to go out for another day's work or probably dreaming about a day finishing so they can enjoy a nice summer evening. Now, I love days like this. Not the going to work part, obviously, but knowing that it's going to be such a beautiful day and everything always just seems nicer and lighter. Everyone seems to be happier and dreams seem to be possible. Nice. I also, I feel like things like this, when you're, when you're in this in the middle of summer you don't have to be on holiday you don't have to be abroad you can wrap up work like an hour or two early or earlier than you ordinarily would you can get home whilst it's still daylight and if you've got kids get out with the kids or just if you want to go for a drink or two with friends um you can and you feel like you've got the best work-life balance kind of makes it bearable in the winter when you're leaving for work in the dark and getting home from work in the dark just longing for those long summer days yes exactly exactly i i couldn't agree with you more there so i want to introduce you to joy gardner now joy gardner was 40 years old at the time of her death she was a mother she was a mature student trying to better her life only for herself, but for her son that lived with her, Graham. And Graham was five years old. Now, Joy wasn't a criminal. I know I always start off by talking about the criminal, but Joy wasn't a criminal. She wasn't even an unlikable person. Everyone I knew her described her as bringing into the lives of those that do didn't know her the same thing that her name was, Joy. And this is why what happened to her 
is almost saddening. Just just before we get into the serious stuff, I'm just going to yeah. add, you just don't hear about baby Grahams anymore, do you? <laughs> you don't hear about baby Grahams anymore. <laughs> you just don't. You d- this is definitely <laughs> placed, you know, 20 plus years ago because Graham is not a name you that hear, you hear I, of. I bet you don't hear about baby Collins either, do you? But, baby Collins, uh, no. Roy's, <laughs> baby, baby Roy. Maybe Roy, wow. But Graham, if it makes you any better, it's spelled G-R-A-E-M-E, not G-R-A-H-E-M. So maybe... A modern twist on the name. I reckon there'll be a lot of pets called Graham. I think, like, these kind of older names that are going way out of fashion are, like, getting recycled for, like, dogs and cats. Graham the cat. Just just chilling out. Got a bit of attitude. Sorry. <laughs> I guess Got off on a complete tangent. That's I guess you know you're probably going to get old when you start hearing people calling a dog's Kylie then. Uh, when Kylie yes. goes out of fashion. Yeah, or Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Next time we get a dog, I might call it Brittany. Um, there you go. But going back to the um, yes. poor Graham, uh, he was five years old at the time. And at 7.40 a.m. that morning, five men and one woman broke into... Joy's home. They smashed open the door without warning. Startled, shocked, and scared Joy. She, uh, they wrestled with her, trying to restrain her. All while her five-year-old son was watching. Oh my they, gosh! They carried her into the living room, her living room. They bound her hands to her side with manacles attached to a leather belt that they put on her, uh, akin to what you'd see on. Um, the old photographs of slave trading. They strapped her feet and her knees together with leather restraints. And they they sat on her, causing life-threatening liver and kidney damage. And possibly even, they possibly even uh, stood on her, but that couldn't be fully proven. They used 13 feet worth, that's 3.96 meters. That's almost twice the length of LeBron James use 13 feet worth of tape to gag her wrapping the tape around her head and her face and at some point during all of this her head was banged at least once maybe more causing her brain to be damaged oh my god at, i know at and his son witnessed this whole thing yeah most of it yeah um actually yeah yeah exactly um at, at some point during this happening uh, one of the men noticed her son graham and or maybe they saw him to begin with but they didn't really care and they took him into the other room so he could no longer witness what was happening to his mum but you know he could still hear her them and all of this was happening i I want to remind us here all of this was happening in a social housing estate in one of the world's most popular cities the capital city Mm. of of england and uh, london is nicknamed the city of dreams but to a woman who had her own dreams, where was her protection? And where was the police? And I'm going to answer that question straight away. The police were those men who were there. Two of those men and a woman, they belonged to what was called a deportation squad, specifically assigned to detain and deport people who they deemed to be in the UK illegally. Two of these men were local police officers and oh. the, fi- the final man was an immigration officer. 
So five men and one woman versus one single mother with no history of violence, no history of criminal activity, who was home alone with a five-year-old son. At 7.40 in the morning. At 7.40 in the morning. Well, that's a popular police tactic in the UK. They always come... It's like it's a drugs raid, though, isn't it? Five people with all their restraints. Yeah. Um, Within minutes of Joy being restrained, and I I, I did put restraint in inverted commas, and I, I do mean that in inverted commas because... That wasn't restraint. That was no. way more than that. But Graham, her son, who could now only hear what was happening, he heard his mother's cry stop. Oh, and God. one of the police officers realised that she was in difficulty and called for an ambulance. They took her to bit the hospital. It's too late there, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit too late. They took her to the you hospital. You know what this reminds me of? What? George Floyd. Yes. Yes, 20 years earlier, but yeah. Yeah, yeah no, they, absolutely. They took People it to the in ho- power. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's just pe- people in power that are meant to protect and serve are actually the ones with the brutality, like yeah. abusing their positions. Yeah, definitely. And, definitely. and, and something that's been, that they're, that they're searching, researching now, um, as people's frames of mind when they're joining the police because you've got you've got people that want to be policemen and women because they want to yield that fear yes. Yes. Um, and 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 actually they should want the exact opposite shouldn't they they should want to just protect yes. people and put criminals behind bar not not be angry at criminals and not I'm not saying Joy was a criminal, but not be like not feel the need to provide justice for others, but just act within the law. But then yeah. Yeah. situations like this and with George George Floyd are absolute abuse of power and trust and authority. And luckily, well I say luckily, not lucky at all, but there were there were video phones you know, in, in, in 2020 when this happened to George Floyd, but this woman was on her own, her son, probably the yeah. only witness. And I'm sure you're going to tell us at some stage, but, like, there, there's probably not... Well, there wouldn't be any body cameras, would there, on these no, police? No, there wouldn't be no body cameras. But do you know what? I'm going off on a tangent, and I hope you listeners don't mind this. It doesn't really matter, Rachel. Do you know, in 50 years, yeah. 50 years of reporting, one police officer who has been arrested and gone to trial has been convicted just one the rest have been uh, found not guilty or or uh, instructed by the judge to be dismissed and that one person who got found guilty uh, this is date is a couple of years old so it, it may have changed over the last couple of years but uh, that one person who got found guilty was given a suspended sentence there was a so he wasn't even punished no there's a there's a case and i'm really sorry i can't remember the name but there was a case of a guy in hull there was a black man in hull he was a paratrooper he served his um he served his country he fought for his country he was arrested by the police he died in police custody i'm going off on a tangent here he died in police custody 
They had him on. They had the police on CCTV. He was in difficulty for ten minutes. They pulled his trousers around his ankles, and they stood there around him, laughing as he died. Oh my! He died. This was on CCTV in the police. Um, I think I in, in the police station. Yeah, he. None of them got found guilty of anything. So um, they even the police investigation, one investigation, I can't remember which one now, found that there was at best um, like institutionalized racism going on. Uh, is that best, in the US? No, that's, that's, that's in Hull in Yorkshire. Oh wow! Okay. In the UK, wow. um, uh, we the U, the US crimes get more publicity. This happened. Yeah. I don't know about other countries, but this is not unique to america this happened in the uk yeah. uh, absolutely awful isn't it like you say about police i've said it for years it unfortunately attracts a lot of the wrong type of people bullies and people who want the power mm. like you said and it, it's it's a uh, it's look a, at, it's a travesty i know i keep on mentioning this case but i think it's just because it's so prominent but look at that sarah everard case right that yeah. guy was not screened properly when he joined the police he was then given a rank that required additional screening that was missed or like there were three opportunities that were lost to imprison that man or warn him and take him strip him of his badge all those opportunities were not taken because elements of the onboarding process were not complete properly and yeah. then like something like 48 hours before it was reported that he was half naked driving around town yeah. but whoever was doing the admin in the police office just thought i'll park that i'll address it another day yeah like a matter okay. of days before he escalated so not only did the police not do their checks properly to onboard him but then he was allowed to go and abuse his trust and take somebody off the streets torture them rape them and then kill them yeah, exactly. and you know put their family in in a state of like shock and disrupt probably for the rest of their lives. And that is just a simple miss onboarding check, let alone people that are getting away with constant abuse exactly. of, of victims and criminals. And do you know what? People are in the jail cells, obviously done something wrong. Maybe not all of them. Maybe some of them are there by accident, but people are in jail. Yeah. They've done something wrong. Yeah. They, they still deserve humanity. Of course, of course. Um, and the 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 almost laughable thing about it is, if you're a lollipop lady, you now if you're not in the UK, Google lollipop lady. It's basically, a little old woman who helps children cross the road on the way oh. to school. You have to get a police uh, clearance for the check to do that now. <laughs> yeah, so you yeah. have to go through the rigmarole of getting your criminal record checked. And it's normally like 60, 70 year old women, aren't they? They're not. Yep. They're oh yeah, like, retired. Yeah, yeah. They're not your. They're not your normal predatory paedophiles. No. Um, yet you have to go through so many different checks to do that job. Yeah, like yep. you said, the the. I don't even know his name, but the guy who I don't even need to know his name. The guy who killed Sarah, never no. had, um was a police officer. Didn't get the checks. Just missed them all. No, exactly. Yeah. It's um, disgusting, isn't it? Exactly. Let's go but back yes. to Joy because I could Sorry, go. I could, I could talk for a long time about this. So. Um, yeah, one of the police officers realised um, she was in difficulty, so he called for an ambulance and they took her to hospital and they put her straight into intensive care. 
she was unable to breathe by herself and they officially announced her having died on the 1st of August 1993. But in reality, she had passed along before, probably while on her own living room floor. So, so how did it get to that point? Was Joy really one of these immigrants that we, that have come here to take our jobs or sponge off the social welfare system that some tabloid newspapers would have you believe they do? Um, and so, so let's have a look at history, shall we? In 1987, six years before Joy arrived in the UK, she arrived on a visit visa. So she entered the country illegally uh, and the visa was valid for six months. She was pregnant at the time of her arrival and she did overstay her original six month visa. And she was technically classed as an overstayer. Um, in September of 1990, she married a man called John Gardner, and then they changed from Berg to Gardner at that point. They started the application to be granted permanent residence for her, but shortly afterwards, the couple split, and John withdrew the application. Oh. Yeah, she was, she was then advised by the police and the Home Office in October of that year, of 1990, so the following month, to leave the country of her own accord, or risk being deported. She didn't want to leave the country. Um, so in December of 1990, bear in mind she was only advised at that point. So in December of 1990, she applied for a judicial review, which was subsequently turned down in the April of the next year, 1991. A year after, so that was a year after the first advice was given her to leave. And in October of 1991, she was given notice that she would be deported, which she then appealed, which was her right to do so. Uh, that's why we have the rule of law. Uh, the appeal process came with several restrictions, including one which meant she had to report to a local police station regularly, informing them where she was living, among many other things. And she always did that. She did exactly what she was supposed to do. In April of 1992, her appeal was rejected, and she was subsequently interviewed by immigration officers, officials again in June of 1992. And later on in that June, she reported to the police station and was informed that there, there would be a flight booked for her to leave the UK for Jamaica later on in the summer. Now, she didn't get on that flight, and she would later state that she never received notification of it. And her solicitor then appealed her deportation order, claiming, uh, claiming compassionate circumstances. So it, it's also worth noting that even a local MP, so a local politician, Bailey Grant, was backing her appeal and requesting that she'd be allowed to stay. And also, what trouble was she causing? Like you've already said, yeah. she's getting ready for work. Her kid's in education. You know, she's her, adding her, to the economy. The child was born in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, what trouble is she causing being here? Like... Her, her mother lived in the UK. Her mother was a legal UK citizen. Her wow. brother and her sister were legal UK citizens. Um, she um, Sounds like she was being singled out here. Well, it's because she wasn't. Um, and yeah, but yeah, so I wanted to paint that picture because it's important to be balanced, Rachel. And so, yes, Joy overstayed her visa. But no, she wasn't an illegal immigrant. Now, she originally entered the country illegally. And yes, Joy did go through the proper process, appealing every time she got denied because that was her right to do. That was in her in the rules. And she was always sticking to the rules. She never showed aggression once. 
no history of aggression or any indication of aggression. And yes, she did miss her flight home, but it's very plausible that she didn't receive a notification because we know how the the local government work. Um, it's just because they say they sent a letter to notify, does it mean they did? We'll never know. And her son was born in the UK. Like I said, her mother and her siblings were legal residents or citizens of the UK. Yep. But I want to talk about the deportation squad now. And I want to give them their official name, the Aliens Deportation Group. And, and even that name, it, it grates at me. And their whole existence was to accompany immigration officers as, they had, as the immigration officers had no powers of arrest. And they only accompanied them where their violence was deemed probable by the person they were trying to deport. So that means that they already thought Joy was going to be violent. They went in there with that mindset. And at, at no point did Joy show any form of violence or aggression. No. Where I would say it was in the UK. At no point did she not comply with restrictions put on her. Yet it was deemed violence was probable. And I also want to add, they arrived at her residence with knowledge her latest appeal had been turned down. And a flight was booked for 3 p.m. that day to take her to Jamaica. And so, and they had orders to detain and remove her. And it's important that they knew that her latest appeal had been turned down. And why it's important, because they were the only ones that knew. Three hours after they had detained her, her solicitor was given notice that her appeal failed. Oh three hours after. And it's important firstly. And she because, was already dead by this point. Yeah. And it's important firstly because it means that Joy would have had no prior warning that she's going to get deported. So people breaking her door down in the morning, it would be a shock. She wouldn't be expecting it. And even if they declared who they were, and we don't know, we don't know if it was taken in properly by a shocked and distraught Joy. And this is also important because subsequently, and the government admitted this, so this is not like hearsay, the government later admitted that the letters were intentionally held back from being given to Joy and her solicitor, and they were timed to arrive after her arrest, so she couldn't appeal again when she had the legal right to appeal. So the government intentionally, the, the immigration officers, intentionally prevented what she was legally entitled to do so. So that so they went there knowing that they wanted to deport her and knowing, no chance. knowing that she could have appealed, but she had no clue as to why they were there because they had intentionally held it from her. And uh, it's just, uh, and the reason why some people are saying, yeah, but they would have, they would have, um, they would have, notified her when no knocking on the door they wouldn't have banged they wouldn't have they wouldn't have um just stormed in it's worth noting well i've just ignored the police officers um testimonies here because i'll touch on a little bit where it was proven they was lying later but they claimed that joy was the most violent person they'd ever dealt with a 40 year old single mother who had never shown aggression or violence. In front of her child as yeah, well. Who had, complied, who had complied with every single thing put on her. Suddenly she became the most aggressive woman that uh, um, that the police had dealt with. 
and the the alien deportation group or whatever they were called they were formed from officers that were the most highly trained and dealt with the most um dangerous incidents yet they were stating that she was the most dangerous person they'd ever dealt with it is oh it's excuse my french here but it's just complete bullshit yeah um, no absolutely exactly so now i want to talk about those restraints now they were akin to restraints you'd see when slavery was common practice nine days after joy died the metropolitan well i can't say it, the met police in the in london they had a report in which they themselves described and i'm going to quote this the restraints as uncivilized and de facto oh dangerous police techniques that techniques they described it themselves and the report from the actual police it actually revealed that the gagging of suspects and bear in mind they 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 put four meters of tape around their face and and they actually had to use two rolls of tape they ran out and because a roll of tape is two meters so they had to get another one to roll around their face um and and it, the, the police report actually revealed that the gagging of suspects was against their own advice. The police's own legal team had advised since 1983, so 10 years before Joy's death, not to do it, with the exception of one instance on board their plane, in where the pilot deemed it was such a security risk that it was needed, but only then. So for 10 years, the police had had advice not to do this, and they did this. And also, Actually, there was never any training given on how to, to use these things. It was done on the job training. So police officers learned by watching what other ones did. And obviously, it, it's just ridiculous. Think, just, just to put it into context, though, and just to take it back, you'd think that one of five of those individuals that day would have said, hang on, like, what you're doing is is inappropriate. Like... There were there weren't two people. There weren't three people. Nobody was. One of five could have surely overridden the overarching like attack on that woman that day and gone. I'm not going to be a part of this. I'm going to call my superior, or I'm going to protect the boy, or I'm going to shout for help because what you are doing, what you other four people are doing, is grossly inappropriate. No, it, it's it's well. The reason, the reason why they didn't, because they did it all the time, Rachel. And it, this was this was common awful. practice. They went in there knowing they was going to do this. Um, whistleblowing was was in existence in ninety three. No, people would have been too scared. Um, so this report that the police produced themselves after Joy's death. The police were obviously fearing what was in this report because they held on to it for a further eight days, despite the government, the actual government, the people that run this country, they kept repeatedly requesting the police for it and they wouldn't give it over. And they only got, gave it over basically when the government threatened them. And when the government did get it, neither the government nor the police would release details to the public about it. It was only Joy's family themselves that released the details into public domain. And they couldn't actually do that until 1994 and parts of 1995. So up to two years afterwards. Um, the report showed 
that the government knew the truth about what happened to Joy on the same day. So they knew what happened to Joy on the same day when they claimed in a press release that Joy was violent, so she was restrained by the officers, but then she became subdued and unconscious. And I'm actually quoting from the press release of that day. And they said that even though they had a report, they said, no reason to believe that unreasonable force was used at any time during the restraint. And so, again, I'm quoting here, because this is what the report said about the tape that used to gag Joy. All 13 feet, or almost four meters of it, and this is from the police report, the two-inch wide tape is twisted to form a strong, soft rope-like strand. The twister strand is placed in the mouth between the teeth. As it leaves the mouth, the tape is used flat and untwisted and taken around the back of the head, sticking to the cheek and the hair. As the tape comes back around to the front of the head, the flat, untwisted tape is struck across the chin and lower lip and the cheek. The tape is pulled quite taut in the application. <laughs> so, like, this is in the police report. And... And this is what the report also had to say about the leather belt and the leg and feet restraints. A broad leather belt, which buckles at the rear with two stout chain rings, handcuffs with handcuffs attached, and the two leather leg restraints that are simply used like luggage straps and bind the legs together at the ankles and the knees. And it, it went on to say this. It is fair to say that the equipment, especially the waist belt and the mouth restraint, look uncivilized and not in keeping with most modern police equipment. And finally, it also said this. It is felt that a jury or judge would never approve the mouth restraint and would be slow to approve the use of the body belt outside the aircraft, saving the most exceptional circumstances. So um, that is from the own, the, the own report of the police and the reason why I'm going to throw this in here the reason why I haven't listened or, or said what the police said because at one point the, the police woman after Joy had been restrained was lying across Joy's body oh and the gosh. other police the, the reason why one of the police officers said he put so much tape around her mouth and why there was so much um, violence he said that even when the tape was around her mouth, she was moving her hands up to try and take it off. And oh how can gosh. a woman who's restrained with a leather belt around her waist that has handcuffs attached to it, so, so her arms are basically against her body, pull her hands up to her face with a woman lying across the top of her to pull the tape off her face? It, it's just complete and utter rubbish. It's... Um, it's, it didn't help by the papers at the time describing her as basically being a violent criminal. It, it was just ridiculous, Rachel. Um, yeah, it was the sun, sun and the likes finest reporting, isn't it? Yes, um, and the government, the government would later actually go on to ban the use of gags by the police, unsurprisingly. So three of the officers stood trial for manslaughter. A Detective Sergeant Linda Evans, who I just spoke about, a Detective Constable John Burrell, and a Detective Constable Colin Whitby. So not even all of them stood trial. Uh, Evans and Whitby were found not guilty of manslaughter, and Burrell was cleared on orders of the judge. 
the defence teams argued that the head injury caused during joy restrain caused during joy resisting led to her death, not the gagging. Uh, and now Joy officially died. So basically blaming yeah. her herself. Yeah, because she was too violent, apparently. Oh, uh, so, my God. Yeah. Um, Joy. Even in death, that's absolutely disgusting. Joy officially died from cerebral hypoxia. The prosecution argued that it was a cause of suffocation from the gag. The defence argued it was a cause of the head injury. Two independent neuropathologists dismissed a head injury as causing hypoxia. Two independent neuropathologists, two people that have trained for years to specialise in that area, dismissed head injuries causing the hypoxia. They were found not guilty of manslaughter. Um, and that's it, they were found not guilty. Sounds uh, like the judge had made his mind up anyway, or the jury. Well, yeah, well, the judge instructed, told the jury for one of them, what was her name, um, Burrell, the judge told the jury to find him not guilty. Found him not guilty. Oh my god! Um, and so, so, and I, I try not to give my opinion, but I'm going to give my opinion here. Uh, they yeah. arrived at a door, and in my opinion, they arrived at a door to deport her, removing her of her right to appeal. They arrived, six of them, expecting violence, with restraints, uh, restraints that for ten years had been deemed likely not to be legal by the police themselves but they use them anyway. Now, if you t- turn up expecting violence with those restraints, and the first thing you're going to do is be heavy handed. You're going to try and restrain as quickly as possible. Joy had no history of being aggressive. She had no history of violence. She didn't have a single complaint against her. Now, I want to wrap up with two quotes from Joy's mother, which who has been campaigning, bless her. She's quite old now on her daughter's behalf for over 28 years now. Uh, Paul Paul Condon said it was not about race. This is Joy's mother talking here. Well, I say, how many white women have done that? Have they they done that too, she says. Yes. Look at Road West and look at what she did, but they still treated her as a human being. They didn't go into her house, trust her up and kill her. What they did to Joy was terrible, terrible. I just keep asking why? Why, why? Now, Paul Gondon was the head of the Metropolitan uh, Met Police at the time. And I just want to give you one last quote from Joy's mum. When we die, it should be because it is our time to die, not yes. because we are brutally killed by the people who should be looking after us. And I think that says it all. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts about that case? That's just heart-wrenching, isn't it? Like, I mean, take away the fact that... I have so many questions about the five-year-old boy, right? I'm sure I can't do math that quick. Maybe he might He's 33 now. Right, 33. Yeah. Yeah, so that's going to live with him, right? It's going to give him... If he stayed in the city, major, major complex trust issues like you know um and and being without parent because i don't know whether she married the dad or whether the dad was back in um in the in her hometown before she moved to the uk i'm not quite sure but you know he's been left essentially without a parent to look after him and um and just with with the scars i mean i know 
what my daughter picks up now at five is everything like she doesn't she doesn't forget anything let alone something really awful happening to me in front of her um but then add to the fact this woman like regardless of whether or not you or our listeners might think she's a criminal because she was in the country and she was asked to leave right take that away she did not deserve a to be at 7 40 in the morning um kind of broken into and thrust upon like that but then be bound and gagged like that and then see sat on stamped whatever else it was there, there were like tears of that ju- that just were not necessary if somebody yeah. had come in cuffed her taken her to the police station put her in a cell for six hours got the notice served the notice put her on a plane that in itself would have been awful but what happened is I can't, I can't comprehend it. It's disgusting. It and disgusting. it's, it is, it is pure. Um, These, these five individuals have just taken an opportunity to force the law in the most brutal way on a helpless individual. Exactly. You can actually see, um, I'll, I'll put lots of link up, links up in the sources. Um, uh, and one of them is a documentary um, on all four. We can see the police going into the police uh, into the courts uh, and like they're smiling as they go in. Smiling, yeah. Uh, and joking, and th- um, that's, yeah. This is the thing. Like, did they keep their jobs? They better not have kept yeah, their jobs. Yeah, they kept their jobs. There was, there was no internal punishment for this. It was deemed that they did exactly what was right. It's just. It's just disgusting. I mean, yeah. I know it's completely unrelated, but remember when the police had the opportunity to help the footballers at Hillsborough, the football fans, sorry, not yeah. the footballers, and instead they let the newspapers run the story that the fans caused the chaos Themselves, yeah. that led to the 96 people, now 97, passing away. Like, the police did not stand up for what was right. They let the papers run the story that accused, essentially, Liverpool football fans of just being hooligans. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Exactly, Rachel. I want to actually give you some facts now. I only got these earlier, um, but... I just want to read them out just to, because the reason I wanted to do this is because I've been in so many conversations over the years with people, and people always say to me, racism doesn't exist. Um, when people talk about incidents like these, they're one-offs, who, and it's because of the people involved. There's no institutionalised racism. Now, I want to give you a few facts here uh, that I've looked up, because I know there'll be people listening to this, or probably already turned off way earlier because saying, oh, they're just, he's like a lefty and he's too, um, he's too soft. He's not, he's, he's too one-sided. So I thought I'm going to give some actual facts here. Black people account for 3% of the population in the UK, but they account for 8% of the deaths in custody. That's disproportionate. Now the government in 2017 uh, they they launched an inquiry into the handling and institutionalized racism in the police. 
the government's own report, so these are figures that I'm quoting from the government here, their own report found that the colour of your skin has a measurable impact on how you're treated at every stage in the justice system. There's been, oh my God. there's been, there has been a multi-government, so not just, like, it's not just Boris Johnson's fault, there's been a multi-government public approach that young offenders be jailed less and treated more to try and stop them becoming repeat offenders. Okay, so I want to give you some facts around that. In 2006, 25% of young prisoners were, be, uh, were BAME, so that's Black, Asian, or Minority Ethnicity. In 2020, after 14 years of this um, government approach to not jail offenders, young offenders as much, that figure rose by 16%, 41% of young prisoners were black, Asian or minority ethnicity. How is that imprisoning less young people? That sounds like it's just imprisoning less young white people. Now, between April 2018 and March 2019, uh, this again is uh, not from the same report, but these are from figures taken from the police. Between April 8, 2018 and March 2019, for every uh, 1,000 white people in a population in England, there were four stop and searches of white people. Now, at the same time range, for every 1,000 um, black people in the UK, there was 38 stop and searches of black people. Uh, so that's almost 10 times as much. Now, uh, BAME, so Black, Asian, or Minority Ethnicity Defendants, they were more likely to receive prison sentences for drug offences, even when previous convictions were taken into account. Now, research by a sentencing council of the UK, uh, these people researching to sentences given to prisoners, they, it showed that if you are from a minority, the odds of your ethnicity contributing to your sentencing decision will be between 40 and 50% higher than if you was white. Uh, now, the government's report that I, that I mentioned earlier proved, and this is from their report, in effect, that if you had a white man and a black man or an Asian or minority ethnicity uh, compared to a white man with the same history, with the same evidence against them or similar evidence, the black Asian or minority ethnicity person would be more likely to be stopped by the police, arrested, charged, denied bail, convicted, and then sentenced to prison. But it doesn't even stop there. It also showed that same report that while in prison, the same man would be less likely to be given support and the chance of re rehabilitation, so would therefore be more likely to reoffend, and if he was, and he and he would be more likely to die in police custody, but if he was to die in police custody, his family would be less likely to get justice. And and this is all from the government report. This shouldn't and, even be on the table for and, discussion or debate. This and and do you know what's changed since then? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing, apart from politicians saying a few things. 
absolutely nothing has changed. Um, I I remember um, in in a previous job we did um, we were working with a local um, team about raising awareness of um, people of colour and the work and and even books and instilling it in young children that it's okay to talk about race and it's okay to be curious because if you're curious you can be educated and if you're educated you're more likely to be understanding and empathize and you know share share care instead of growing up with this view of um you know just no no one talks about race and don't don't mention um the you know don't mention anything inappropriate that kind of thing and um we we were chatting about our education right so there was um myself and a couple of other people that had grown up where we live and there were two um people from um the the group the people of color who were our age and um were uh, one was asian and one was black and uh, they were both taught at seven what they needed to do in the event they were stopped by law enforcement. Yeah, what yeah. they needed to do, how they needed to behave, what they were to say, you know, at seven, right? The conversations that my mom and dad were having with me at seven were, you better be home at 7 p.m. or I'll be calling the cops right (laughs) very different attitude towards um you from such a young age these children are taught you know mind your manners all kids should be taught that obviously but specifically do not talk back to the police do not um do not move your hands if you're asked um to be you know to remain still you put your hands in the air and you remain there you do as you're told you know everything could you could you imagine being sat down and taught that at the age of seven it's still fear doesn't it it's ridiculous massively and then and then you grow up thinking it's not fair it's not fair like my pals don't have these kind of worries that I have and like it's just it's so awful it's like it's just really unnecessary in this day and age. I mean, I don't know whether you're a big follower of football, but when England played and in the in the final and they got, you know, they didn't make it, obviously they didn't win the trophy on penalties. And there's three individuals who were subjected to awful racism. There were a team of 11 men on that pitch that day yeah and three men three grown men one man of which not a massive united fan however he has helped put food on the table for thousands of children during covid when he could have just carried on doing his own thing right and yet he is abused by grown men and women and a sport that's meant to bring people together not tear people apart Exactly. Just disgusting. It's disgusting. And I, I believe in the rule of law, Rachel. And that basically 
in a nutshell for people who may be thinking what she's talking about, that basically in a nutshell is I believe that everybody should um, follow whatever the law says. Um, and yeah, uh, it doesn't matter um, what colour, ethnicity, gender or anything. And But what I also, and if you if the law is not right, then you change the law properly. Uh, but I also believe in is that that rule of law should be applied to everyone equally. Uh, mm. And that's just, it's not happening. You know and, and, and just, a, sorry, just a, and one person who did believe in the rule of law was Joy's mom. She's a wonderful woman. If you can read more about her online, she was saying that before this happened, she didn't believe it could happen. No. When it did happen, and there's video interviews of her saying this, so you can find them online. Uh, when it did happen, She's quoted many times saying, I have faith that the police officers will be brought to justice. Yeah. That they'll be punished for what they did. Um, and she it still didn't, didn't give up. Yeah. For 28 years since it happened, she's been campaigning for, um, for justice for her daughter. I wonder, whether, I wonder whether she took Graham on. She did. She took him on. And he oh. talked about his... Um, he talked about his how it affected him. Uh, again, there's the interviews of her saying that uh, he was in therapy, he was blaming himself, he was asking, he was wondering, he was questioning why he couldn't protect his mum. You'd be scared of the front door yeah. going uh, for the rest also, of your life, wouldn't exactly. you? There's also an article out there by his ex, either wife or girlfriend, when obviously he's an adult, and he's got a kid with her. And she's saying that she moved near to where her, his mum's flat was and she only found out when he came out of her house and he said to her, like, that's where my mum died. And she had to move away. And, and she even says in, in the uh, article, because the article was about joy and justice for joy. Mm. Uh, and she even said in the article that she believed the reason why they didn't stay together was because how that affected him. So then that had a knock-on effect on his family. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, it never brings people back, but you sleep a bit more soundly and safely knowing that killers are brought to justice, right? Yeah. The, these in, five individuals. If it yeah. happens, then they should be punished. Yeah. The, these people were just out in the streets. God knows what Joy's mum must have thought, thinking that they could go and do that again. Exactly. Just I awful. I'm just going to wrap up, Rachel. We've been talking yeah. for a long time. I, I, before yeah. I do wrap up, I just again want to thank Murder on My Street. Give him a listen. If it wouldn't be for them, I probably would never even approach a subject like this. And it, it needs speaking about. So thank you. And But for one last time, I'd like you to relax, to close your eyes and picture the scene. It's early on a summer morning and your mum is feeding you and getting you ready for the day ahead. Your mum is your hero. Your mum is your protector. When six people come crashing in your home, your safe space, you then have to watch and subsequently listen as they take a life. What would you do? So thank you all and God bless. Mm-hmm.